2: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
1: You have 47 new voicemails.
2: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of W.I.L.K. staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn, local talk to start your weekend right. And now Laurie and Lynn on WILK.
3: Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> uh, how are you this lovely morning? <laughs> I'm just fabulous, and on this Monday, on this
4: morning, which isn't not. <laughs> Now, we have to disclose right. this information because we always tape the show on Thursday. And it's usually, it used to be at 1230. Now, it's roughly 430. And tonight, or now, while we're taping, So that, and while you're listening, we've, we're taping this at 10.06, starting at 10.06 p.m. on Thursday evening. The first time ever that we've taped late in the, in, in 10, 11 years, 12 years, in, uh-huh. never did we tape at Nightland.
3: Yeah. So I feel like um, this is a new chapter. Well, I guess, I don't know, um, it's that, or, you know, things get so screwed up, just do what we have to do. <laughs> uh, we, exactly, you gotta do what you gotta do, baby. Yeah. So, yeah.
4: here we are. So you know who I want to give a big shout out to? So so yesterday we were having a little picnic in the rain, a cookout on my deck last night. And it was my boy, Sean and Meyer and Randy Williams and Doug Smith and yours truly. And so my neighbor, I heard my neighbor in the yard and I yelled over, hey, John, how are you? And because it was garbage night on Wednesday here in the Hollywood section of... 1508 uh, Jefferson and um, so John we, you know, everyone was getting their stuff out and I yelled over hey John how are you and he goes hi Laura and um, he said hey I've been listening to your radio show a lot uh, it's been really good lately I'm thinking well, I wanted to say well, what do you mean it never is like you know I was, I thought I'm just gonna I know what he meant and he said tell Lynn I said hi I said, okay I'll tell her <laughs> And I said, I'm going to give you a big shout out, John. He said, you are? And I said, yeah. And I said, did you start? And he said, I did. So John, it's John Sorotnik, Dr. John Sorotnik, and he's an ENT. And he just started at Dysinger on Olive Street. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to give you a big shout out. And what am Said to him, he's funny. I said, "What do I tell you? You're, you're the best. What is the best part about you?" He said, "My hair." I said, "Beside your hair," and he kind of chuckled. He goes, "My bedside manner." I said, "There you go," and because I always tell him, because I've had to go to him twice Um, to flush my ears, and he's just he's the sweetest guy. He's so kind and gentle. And I, you know, he used to be in his, a private practice. And so now he's a Geisinger. And um, I just said, John, you have a wonderful bedside manner. So I always tease his wife, Marie. I said, Marie, he does. He is wonderful. And she laughs and we get a big kick out of it. So I, that's what I tell him, because I always say, and you know, we've talked about this before, that there should be courses in medical school for these doctors to take for bedside manner, because it's. Remarkable when doctors, I know, you know, they know what they're doing, and they, but that doesn't excuse rude or lack of personality, you know, no walk personality, talk person. They just don't, oh. you know, it's so much better when somebody can, you know what I mean? It's so much yes. easier to talk to. Like, I just say, anybody who's looking to go to medical school, anyone. Think about if you got a great personality and you're great and you're smart, you can do it. Do it and keep that personality because it makes a big difference between those that do
3: and those that don't. Yeah, would you agree? Yeah, I, I absolutely would agree because I had a similar experience um, in the last two weeks with a physician who was not not only didn't have any really good bedside manner, but to me, his comments were condescending and rude. Mm-hmm. And, and I just thought, you know, okay, this is a guy who's only uh, been out on his own, so to speak, for five years. And I mentioned something about that to another physician uh, who is in the same field and is uh, someone who's been in for at least 15 or 20 years. And that person said to me, Uh, I I can certainly understand he's new to the business and he doesn't really have all the pieces put together. And I said, Uh well, and I said, you know, it's not just um, their knowledge. I, I don't I can't question that because I don't know the difference between someone who's really astute in a certain area of medicine versus someone who's just passing. And like one person said to me a long time ago, there's always the last 10% of the class. You know, you don't know where they are (laughs) and you don't know where they live. As in anything, as in anything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I just thought, okay, fine. But that does not excuse what you just said. Does not excuse rudeness or arrogance or condescension. Mm -hmm. And I don't care where you are in that spectrum as far as your brains and on the subject if you can't deliver that to a way that invokes confidence in your patients then you've missed the whole boat i don't care how smart you are it's mm-hmm. not ever going to work yeah and, and i mean uh, and it's
4: nice that you say that
3: about dr about Srotnick. john
4: sorotnik yeah. yeah he's he now again i know john because he's my neighbor for many years and i love yeah. him but I I also, you know, he he was and I and this is the difference too, he was not John my neighbor when I was there. He was doctor John Sorotnik taking care of my blocked ear and yeah. That's the difference. Like he, so that's how I mean. Like John talking to him. We always kid around and, and laugh and and you know talk about different things. And he's he's friendly and and we and we can have a good time. All of us, his wife. You know, we always just kid around because they're directly next door. So we'll stand over the fence and talk. And you know, I'm I'll be on my deck and he'll yeah. lean over the fence and we'll you know. So I mean, we it, it's always that way. Or blow the horn or I'll pull over see him on the street or you know it's it's just what we do when I was in his office he was extremely professional yet very kind and I have to believe it's not just because it's my neighbor because it wasn't that neighbor friendly it was kind compassionate doctoring is what I'm saying and that's mm-hmm. so important and you know Lynn there are doctors I've gone to dentist doctors in the past who just weren't who I've I've left because I just don't like their lack of empathy or sympathy or kindness or whatever the hell the word is we're looking for, looking for. Um, I just think it's important. And all of the physicians I go to now, whatever they are, are just, most of them are women, I will say. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a difference when you go in and you... I don't know. It's. It, it. I think you're scared enough for anything, whether it's a routine visit or anything else, dentist, whatever. When you go in, you're nervous. I am for everything I do. I know some people love to go and love
3: surgeries
4: and all that kind of... You what? need compassion. I do. Them? I know. I have a handful oh. of people I could name, but I won't, that love okay. to have surgery. <laughs> Elective <laughs> surgery, this and that. No. Uh. no, no, no. So, what I'm saying is it makes a huge difference when they have personality. Mm-hmm. Right? It does. Yes, it does. So, maybe that should be tacked on to their medical training, is, um, bedside manner classes.
3: There's a lot of things, I think, that are not done in medical school that need to be. And one of them is uh, personal finance which they absolutely... Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, you've said
4: that many times, that they, they, they are so busy. Well, that's not just in the medical field, but usually professionals like that are so busy yeah. doing their own thing. They're... You know, we, we've we talked about that. And that's why so many physicians get ripped off in their field because they have the gatekeeper, so to speak, doing it. And they're so busy taking care of patients and the paperwork and everything that goes along, the notes, and now everything with HIPAA and everything else, that they're not paying attention to what's going on in the office, both right. from a standpoint of business and their own personal finances.
3: Yeah, you see how many times physicians... Um, uh, well, I say this only because I've been around them more than any other profession, but uh, how physicians end up getting ripped off by employees, you see that all that's the time. That's what I that mean. Yeah. yeah. And they, they're they not paying attention because they just trust and assume the people that work for them are that way, that they are honest right. and upset, and it doesn't work like that. No. So, um, yeah, that's some other things I think they ought to teach and medical school, how to run a business, <laughs> how to run a business. we just be a adding a
4: couple more years to their training, to their schooling, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything. But But you literally. know what the thing is, re- doctors have become retail, then. and I think they're wising up to that fact that, and I've been saying that since I've been doing shows on ECTV for years and years yeah. and interviewing doctors through the medical society yeah. and all the wonderful docs that I've met. and. And trust me, some of them I've, got to, I've gotten to know and they've become my physicians because of I've interviewed them. And what a better way to understand what kind of personalities they have and whatever to interview them, you know, it was and and. The, the thing is now that they're in competition because people are more aware. People want what they want from a physician and they've become retail, very retail, just like everybody else. And it's about time yes. that everybody is because people mm-hmm. with social media and, and word of mouth and everything else, people talk. This is one's good. This one isn't. This one's a lousy bedside manner. this one. It, it's how it works. And they become very retail. Yeah. And I love mm-hmm. that. Well, that's love. good, I guess. <laughs> well, it is. And and what I used to oh, love okay. about these shows is the fact that they are, um, they, you know, I used to try to talk to them and kind of humanize them a little because I don't, I think sometimes people don't, I mean, I even know my mother, God bless her, Ann Kadinaran, because she was a nurse back, you know, she got, she was in, I think she graduated from nursing school in 1958, she did, and Mm-hmm. They thought, you know, most physicians were men and they thought it was like, oh, you know, this guy. and and the way the reverence that was um, that they were held in is like that, that, that level of um, reverence was unbelievable. And I remember my mother talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it's. That stuff has changed dramatically. I think. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, think I mean, it's maybe for the not. Better. Maybe. Yeah, but that's what I mean yeah. when I say retail. Like the general public, shops around a little more than they ever mm-hmm. did. I think so, and that's and that I think keeps them on their game. When that yes. because of that, that's why I say it's a good mm-hmm. thing. Just like anything else, it's just not like oh, okay. I'm gonna. You have to do your research and see what happens. But yeah. But anyway, a big shout out. And again, Lynn, he said hello, so I'll kindly okay. give him a big plug for
3: guys. Yeah, how about that? Um, yeah, but how so. about something else I happen to see in Happenings magazine that you never spoke of? There's this little article called then and now and i'm looking at these pictures and the very last one i see is laurie cadden i know that's
4: an old do you know the one the then and the now the then was a 17 year old from what we're going to talk about it we'll talk about it when we come back because we have to take a quick break all right so um we'll talk about it in a minute but you're listening to laurie and lynn show we'll be right back
5: Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from W.I.L.K.'s Morning News. And I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd open doors and build and nurture relationships with laurie cadden enterprises you get ta-da laurie cadden and her 20 plus years of experience call laurie today at 357-8399 357-8399 or email laurie laurie l-a-u-r-i-e at laurie L a u r i e c a d d e n ncom laurie cadden enterprises because it is who you know.
2: sell fast. And ERA OneSource Realty offers an industry exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's a piece of money. That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA OneSource Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top rated companies in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at era1.com. ERA OneSource Realty, always there for you. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn.
3: So we're back, and we were talking about a wonderful um, little article that was in Happenings Magazine. I guess we should probably identify who we are in case nobody (laughs) knows. My My name is Lynn Evans, and I am a financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's available on iTunes, otherwise known as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, and several others. And I'm Laurie Cadden,
4: the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And yes, that... That then and now was—I think it was in before, in all honesty. But that then is a 17-year-old Laurie Cadden who delivered her her speech as a co-president um, of the National Honor Society at West Granton High School. My senior year, I think it was November, so I was 17, and I remember mm-hmm. that suit, Lynn. I got that this beautiful wool cranberry suit with it was a shorter jacket and a long little bit of a fuller skirt and i got it at kelly and kelly which used to be on Spruce street and it was gorgeous and i worked um at garrity's as a as a um, cashier for three years 10 11 and 12th grade uh, the only garrity store that was was on the corner of washburn and north maine and west Granted. And yeah. I saved my money, and I bought that suit to wear, and I was so much in love with it. It was a, a cream color, <laughs> mandarin collar shirt, button-up blouse, I should say, with a, with a tie, a bow, and then the, the, the cranberry suit. And I remember, and I love that. The picture was grainy, but I loved that picture because I was so happy that day. I was so proud of myself. And Well, so, that's um, good. Yeah. And then the other one is not now. That was a picture that Julie did. She did like a professional one, Julie Jordan. I was getting a, I have my engagement picture, which I love. And Mm -hmm. um, I was 25 and I wanted to do 25 years later when I turned 50, Julie did one that was, I mimicked the look as best we could, as I did when I, 25 years earlier. And so one of those, um, that one, in addition to she, I did a, a a headshot one for like, you know, for boards and different things. So that picture was in the chamber when I, I, you know, I just got off the board a year ago from the chamber board. And that's where Paula got that from. That's, a, that is a picture that I had taken when I was 50 years old. So that's 10 years ago.
3: Yeah, but you also have one, you said you try to do one every 10 years, right? 10, so you 5. you one done? Five
4: to 10. I just had one done. Oh, well I did one when I was 55 and I did one now when I was 60. Okay. So, um, anyway, that was 10 years ago, so it's not exactly now, but what the heck? No, um, I am
3: curious what that, what yes. that then one was all about because I couldn't yes. really get a sense of how old you were in that picture. Yes. But um, yep. it, it was a very nice picture. Yeah, really 17. Was. And happy as a lark that day.
4: <laughs> yes, I remember it well, vividly because my English teacher helped me write my speech, Mr. Mosley. He was my, one of my favorite teachers. And he helped me write because I always say I just don't like to write because there's something about my, when I'm thinking and to write it down, there's something that just doesn't connect. And I can speak and everyone says, well, if you just write how you, how you speak, you, you're, you'll be fine. But I, it's hard for me to do that. So he helped me kind of put on words into words what I wanted to say for that day. So Larry oh, Kramer good. and I um, were the um, co-presidents because we had a tie twice. So after that happened... Mm-hmm. Um and Larry was one of these brainiac groups and he was a real you know ninety nine plus 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 and there were a several group a bunch of people you know who are the smarty pants and you know of course, I was always smart, but you know I had an average of like ninety seven five ninety eight somewhere around there i mean yeah. i wasn't so you know i mean I was always had great grades, but you know wasn't the top like that and so we tied twice, so they allowed us to just, it would be the first time um, that we had a tie and we did two. And from what everybody had told me then too, I, there was there were no other women who were the Honor Society Presidents either prior to that. So um, I don't well know if that's kay. 100. So we have to verify that, but that's what I was told way back then. So um, anyway... Um, it was
3: a very, yeah, I was very proud of that, so. Okay,
4: well. Anyway, we that was that, that, yeah, mm-hmm. that.
3: You were in there, and that's this month's magazine, right? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, the September issue of Happenings Magazine. Oh, God. Check it out, yeah. then and now. Uh-huh. Our own Laurie and
4: we have Mr. Dave Ravens in there and Joe Quinn and a couple other...
3: Yeah. Notorious Uh, or notoriety or whatever people. Mm -hmm. Notorious. That's a good one. (laughs) I think so, too.
4: (laughs) So we have to also say that today, well, today, yesterday, on the the 15th of September, which was just as we're taping just yesterday, but when you're listening a few days before, Miss Lynn Evans, Miss Lynn S. Evans... Big birthday happens. Uh, yeah. And a zero so birthday. Are, what? A zero birthday. A zero birthday. Yeah. So what? You don't seven care. Eight. Listen, you can't go back on what we talk about. We don't care what big seven. No, I don't. Which is wonderful. I do No, I know saying. you it don't. Was- I don't. Uh, but, but even though I put it in your birthday card, she looked at, we were at the dinner on Tuesday night and she looked across the table at me and she goes, you had to put that 70 in there, didn't you? And I said, yes, <laughs> I did. You should be proud of it. So going, I am. It's here. here's my rendition. Happy birthday to oh, you. Geez. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Linny. Happy birthday to you. Can't beat yesterday's. No. song Doug Smith and Meyer and I singing no that was the, pretty cool yeah I think it was three-part yeah, harmony so
3: it was it was very but, nice
4: it was. so happy birthday to miss Lynn Evans if you see her you look at her you find her you call her wish her a big happy birthday Lynn yeah feel any different than you did the day before uh no Because did you like the text I sent you the night before? The last day of your 60s. On my 60s, yes.
3: (laughs) And you know Uh, what? It happened to be like any other night. Just same same old thing. What do you mean? Well, there was nothing special about it because because it, it was the last... Well, you have some stuff going on this weekend, though. Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying... The, the fact oh of you the mean the last the night 60s, before your uh, yeah it was yeah. like any other night didn't make any difference but yes i i do have more coming up this next couple of days um an interesting piece of this is um our class of a high school Scranton Central class of 69 all of us are officially um, 70 years old this year yeah. mm-hmm. and so we decided as a class rather than go with the number of the class reunion like our 50th class reunion or whatever we're getting older now and there's you know each year less and less of us so instead of doing that why don't we just celebrate our birthdays so we're celebrating on Saturday night Class of 69, Scranton Central High School, celebrating our 70th birthdays at a place called Waldorf Park um, in Scranton. <laughs> and what I, what I thought was funny was it starts at 5 and ends at 9. Oh, geez. Because <laughs> that's Years about ago, it, started of us. it. Years ago it started at 11 and ended at 5. Now it's exactly You're done before. Exactly. Now we're doing five o'clock while it's still light, you know, and people can drive. It's just so funny to, to, to realize that that's what went into the decision about what time to hold this thing. But it's okay. So it'll be nice to see people. I have not been to a class reunion since I think it was the 20th. And so um, wow. well, I'm really, uh, yeah, I I just never really was interested. But I'm um, going with the the very famous or infamous Joan Glover mm-hmm. who is also um in that same class and was a cheerleader. So Miss Joan and I are going to go there and then on Sunday my sister's having a birthday party for me. So that would be nice. Yeah, on. Yeah, I get to see my lovely little um great niece who Cheryl is uh um, Shirley Rose, yeah. Shirley Short, Rose will be, sh- I think, nine months, ten months. Ten can't, months surely, surely,
4: surely, you can't be serious. I am, yeah, don't call me I-, <laughs> I, t- I had to yes, say it because we were just talking about that, and I said every time Lynn mentions her mother's name, I have to say that line.
3: Yeah, I love well, it. There you so go.
4: Now, since it's not. You're Shirley, and it's little Shirley, we have to say it, so. Yes, we usually So, you're going to have a nice Lynn. couple days, Lynn, of yes. celebrating your birthday. Mm-hmm. when well, we were at Mendocino's. Oh. And what? We were at Mendocino's on Tuesday night, you and Patrick yes, and Meyer and I. We had a very nice time. We have to give a big shout-out to the gals up there, because... Mm-hmm. And there and Lynn Mendocino is a brand new grandma, her daughter Christina, um, the mm-hmm. brunette, who I, I'm sure you know who Christina is. She's usually in the front, but she just had a, a little baby girl, and so Lynn, her mom, Mendocino, is a new grandma. So congratulations to Lynn. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I also have
3: to mention that I had lunch yesterday on my birthday in Allentown with three of my college friends. Uh, classmates and we had a wonderful dinner uh, lunch I'm sorry and then they ordered uh, a cheesecake with um, chocolate sauce and all kinds of things and of course (laughs) a candle so (laughs) that was very nice and they brought me some gifts and it was just fabulous so we do a shout out to Janice Ackerman Julie Rothman and Joan Glover yay There you go. Hooray to girlfriends.
4: And on that note, we're going to take another quick break and
1: we'll be right back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is.
4: Business Banking at Fidelity.
7: We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day, and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity, my checking account. Uh, my payroll taxes, they take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity, don't you?
3: Member FDIC.
7: Here's Lori and Lynn.
3: Well, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about any other place you find podcasts.
4: And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business.
3: And uh, a couple things we can talk about today. Um, I read this one article that really upset me, I have to say, and, and those are good. I bring those up because I think it gives people something to actually listen to. But this was something that was written by a woman named Katie Adams from Becker's Healthcare. I don't really know where that is, but I'm gonna acknowledge her. Uh, but it's called Millennial Women More Likely Than Baby Boomers to Defer Financial Decisions To husbands, a study finds. Yeah, yeah. She said many millennial women believe men know more about finances and would rather leave financial planning responsibilities to their male partners. According to the New York Times, a June study from Swiss banking group UBS surveyed 1,320 women who share at least $250,000 in investable assets with a male partner. Finding that even millennial women who were highly educated or had high-paying jobs were not as involved as their male partners in financial decision-making. That kind of makes me sick because I was kind of hoping that with this baby boomer women, they would pass on the importance to their daughters of being responsible. Anyway... Here's how it goes. Um, 54% of millennial women reported letting their male partner take the lead on financial planning instead of handling it themselves or sharing the responsibility. Just 39% of women from the baby boomer generation reported the same. The study defines a millennial as anyone aged 24 to 39 and a baby boomer as anyone 56 to 74. Okay, so this was in 2020, so we have to shift that up a year on either part. But survey participants cited the belief that their male partner knew more about finances than they did as the primary reason for taking a back seat on financial planning. U.S. Representative Katie Porter from California told the New York Times that her financial competence allowed her to leave her abusive husband and she is worried many women do not recognize that being able to handle financial decisions is a key factor in maintaining freedom and security. When talking about women's salary increases, she asked the New York Times, but what good does that raise do to you if you don't know what your savings plan is going to be with that little bit of extra money? What good does it do to climb that ladder and get the next higher paying job with better benefits if you don't take the time to invest that retirement fund correctly? Good point. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That that really, that makes me very sad to read this because it's worse in that millennial generation than it is with baby boomers. And I thought it should be the other way around. Well, I think it's sad, but anyway, I just say all millennials and all baby boomer women, you need to smarten up and understand about money. Because if you don't, there's times when you will your lives will be in danger because you don't know how to do something the right way with money. Aren't okay, millennials?
4: The, yeah, but aren't millennials the 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 biggest group after baby boomers? Yeah. hmm Yeah. And baby boomers are the parents of millennials. Exactly.
3: Most, anyway.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a, a quick thing I'll just go through here because I think it's important for people right now to understand this. But um, there was an article in one of um, AARP, the magazine, yep. and it was not written by any one of the uh, money experts, which I think is interesting because this is really a, a good, very practical thing for people to know about. And it wasn't in any language that might offend people because they don't understand what it means. This is real simple stuff and I think it's important. It says, simplify your financial life. And the first thing it says, credit cards. Trim back to two cards, just two. Why? one is for day-to-day use, and you really need only one. The second card is for storing somewhere safe at home so you don't get stuck if you lose the first one. That backup card should be from a different issuer than the company that offers your primary card in case one or the other lowers your credit limit or even cancels your card. Why not more than two cards? The more you have, the harder it is to track your spending. Mm-hmm. And how do you do it? Simply go online or call the issuers to cancel cards you rarely use. If you have any automated payments charged to these cards, such as for phone or cable service, switch the automatic automated payments to a card you plan to keep. Then literally cut your old cards into confetti before tossing them. However, as illogical as this may sound, whittling down the number of credit cards you hold can hurt your credit score. Yeah, that's typically this is typically only temporary, though the impact may linger if you have large balances on your remaining cards. You can estimate the impact of closing an account by using a score simulator on a free credit monitoring website, such as Credit Karma or Nerd Wallet. And that's a good idea. Just doing a, what if I did this? How would that affect my credit score? Very important, before you start canceling all the cards. Second thing, bank and credit union accounts. Turn back to one or two institutions. Why? Because it makes sense to have a local brick and mortar bank for in-person deposits and withdrawals, but any money you park there will probably pay you very little interest. That's what your second bank is for, an online bank that will likely pay a better interest rate. Though you may not want to close other accounts because you think you'll need them someday. It's more likely that they'll sit there earning no interest, eventually forgotten, and maybe even eaten away by monthly maintenance fees. How? As with credit cards, you may have given a company, such as your cell phone provider, permission to debit your account, so make any necessary changes before closing it. Have the financial institution send you a check for your balance, and to avoid any unpleasantly surprising monthly fees, ask for confirmation that the account has been closed. If you end up with two accounts, link them so you can send money back and forth relatively quickly. However, you may have good reasons to have more accounts, such as needing to separate funds for estate planning purposes. Still, you can just add an account at a current bank rather than going elsewhere. Then individual retirement accounts and 401Ks, Trim back to one to four accounts. Why? If you collect too many tax-advantaged retirement accounts and too many different investments in those accounts, you end up with a jumble that makes it harder to manage your portfolio and your withdrawals. So consolidating that makes sense with one major caveat. You don't wanna combine traditional IRAs with Roth IRAs. You can't do that. So remember that, you cannot combine them. Um, How to do this, aim to move your investments into an account that offers the lowest fees compare the expense ratios of the funds on the menu and the most diversified funds. This may be your 401k, especially if you're in a large plan, or it might be an IRA at a major mutual fund company. You can usually roll a 401k established with former employers into an IRA. It's possible, but not likely, that your current employer's plan will accept your transfer of an IRA from another job. That's something that's very important, too, because a lot of people forget that they had those. And if you don't remember them, the problem is that when you get to be 72 years old, if you're not taking the amount you have to take out, you can be penalized very, very heavily. So, so what you're track talking of those about,
4: you mean hmm? if you once that you have in another job that you forgot you had and you didn't yeah. transfer it?
3: Yeah, okay. because the, yeah, the IRS not, knows you have them, right. you know, and, and when it comes to the time of calculating your required minimum distribution, you have to include all of them, right, even if right, you right. don't remember that you have them. Yeah. And the penalty for underpayment of that is 50% of the value of what you didn't report. That's Another- a big number.
4: Yeah, and another reason why the IRS needs to be abolished. Remember? Ah. That's what we talked about last week. We talked about it several yes, times. Yes, we did. Get rid of these we people. We did. <laughs> <laughs> that was You're one not. of your best. But
3: I love that, it. But it That was one of your keep best. And you the last more? one is taxable yeah. accounts. Turn back to one investment account and fewer investments. And that's just common sense. The more you have all over the place. The more you've got fees and the more difficult it is to try to corral all this stuff so that you can manage it. And um of course, you know, you can always have a financial planner help you do that. Ah yeah. And who would that be? Yeah, I don't know. You know well, I any girl Yeah, Lynn S. Evans. <laughs> That's birthday. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. And then uh, one other quick thing I wanted to say, because I think it's important uh, this time of the year, uh, people are uh, taking money out of their businesses. People own them, own businesses, because they had to just make, uh, you know, estimated quarterly payments, or you might want to get some things in before the end of the year. But be very careful when you do that. And this is from a newsletter from our friends at MMQ, that's um, uh, Merkel. Um, I forget what the other one is. You know, and Quinn, the people that are in Dunmore. Okay. This is a newsletter they sent out. It says, be careful when borrowing money from your business. The problem is that a lot of people borrow the money and have no structure in place to say that it was actually borrowed. There's no loan documents. There's no interest rate. There's nothing. And if the IRS sees that and says, excuse me, but uh, this is not really a loan, This is just money you took from the business, which you failed to declare as income. So obviously, if you're going to borrow money, you have to document the cash withdrawal as a loan, draft a legally enforceable promissory note. If you're a corporation, make sure your documentation includes the authorizing of the loan in the minutes of your meetings the promissory note should include interest that will be charged consider using the federal interest rate at a minimum record the transaction as a loan in your business's accounting system and consider strict enforcement of repayment for the terms of the note and if that's if you do all those things then you can borrow as much money as you want from your company do whatever there you want you go. and There are done go.
4: Yes. And so, everybody, thank you again for listening. Have a great weekend. We will see you next week. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye.
0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
5: odyssey celebrates mother's day brought to you by t-mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network